Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. KFI AM640, you're listening to the John Cobell Podcast on the iHeartRadio app. John Cobelt Show. Mark Thompson sitting in for John. Thank you for joining us with your resolutions with the end of the year. If you're just staggering to the finish line, there is this that's happening in Santa Ana. There's a new ordinance that wants to hold landlords accountable for rent increases. But listen to what's happening and how it spills back onto the renter. They have this rent stabilization and just cause eviction ordinance in Santa Ana. So it now requires landlords to enter renters' information into an online database, and that keeps apartment owners in compliance to make sure that they're, you know, compliance a lot of different ways. But the rental registration fee for the landlord is $100 a unit every year. And the way it's worded, the landlord is allowed to spin off half of that cost onto the renter. So you're essentially building a rent increase in, although the landlord's not getting the money, Santa Ana's getting the money. Renters are getting letters from landlords saying that the city is implementing new regulations for rental properties. And to cover the incurred costs, we will be, quote, implementing an annual nominal fee of $50 per tenant to contribute to the city's rental registration fees. You know, one renter says, if I knew my landlord was going to come fix my stuff and everything, then yeah, gladly. But if my landlord doesn't come fix anything, then I'm going to pay $50 after that? I need the $50 to fix stuff. The rental registry launched in August 
But the deadline now is December 31st. That's why this is coming. This wave is cresting this weekend. Landlords have to register each rental unit with tenant information. They have to pay this $100 registry fee on each unit. L.A. County has a similar ordinance. They have a landlord registry fee of $90 a unit. So the idea somehow that you can split it between the property owner and the tenant, this is, this creates problems. I mean, especially if, you know, rent's high enough. So that's the controversy of the moment. Yet another burden, yet another cost, said uh, this advocate who is a renter's advocate. Yet another problem being put on property owners and impacting the lives of thousands of tenants throughout Santa Ana. That money could be much better spent improving the property, improving the opportunities for these people. The quote goes on. I mean, you're dealing with a lot of these units that are pretty shady to begin with, meaning they need a lot of work. You've got cabinets rotting, falling apart, just looking at some of these accounts. Yeah. I mean, these are units that are challenged, you know. Anyway, apartment owners have to register by December 31st. There'll be late fees imposed otherwise. And now to this. I mean, it's the fact. The number of the nation's homeless that end up in California grew. Our homeless population grew 6%. But the number overall nationally we get what percentage of nationwide homeless in California? Think about it. The answer is we get almost a third of the entire nation's homeless population here. We spend billions on this effort to house people, to get people get off the street, and we end up with more and more in the way of the homeless population. As I say, it just grew 6% in the past year. 181,000 people. Three in 10 unhoused people nationwide here in California. And I think those who are everywhere in, that, in the nation end up in the same place, right? With uh, drugs, mental health, economic stress, all being contributors. But... Our share of this is way out of whack. The U.S. homeless population increased by 12% between 2022 and 2023 to more than 650,000 people. That's in the entire country. That's the highest total since they've been collecting data in 07. And with rising housing costs and, you know, those pandemic emergency programs ending, you end up with more people on the street. In the Bay Area, homelessness increased just 1% in Santa Clara County, 4% in Contra Costa County. That's the east part, east bay of uh, the San Francisco Bay Area, and declined in San Francisco, 4%. But other parts of the Bay Area up north saw increases. Alameda and San Mateo County. San Mateo County is like the south of San Francisco. Alameda is the east bay. They jumped around 20%. Imagine a 20% increase in homelessness in those regions. Most counties nationwide have estimates that continue upward. And so 
California, we're the most populous U.S. state. We have the most homeless residents. And we're now near the top in terms of the largest percentage increase in homeless population. The actual biggest spike in homelessness nationwide is in a state that I would not have guessed. If you asked me where the homeless population likely would have spiked, I would have guessed a warm weather state. And yet the biggest percentage increase in homelessness is in New Hampshire. I was going to say Vermont. Oh, oh I, well, I think you should get points anyway then. All right, cool. Oh, yeah. I'll take it. Followed by what state? Colorado. Uh, I'm... I, I want to give you points. Uh, it's okay. They're you don't have to. Fourth place. New, All right, top five. New Mexico is what we were looking for. Then New York, and then Colorado. So, uh, California had the fourth highest rate of homelessness. We have 46 unhoused people for every 10,000 residents. Uh, there are different rules and different laws in all of these different states, as we know. And if you care at all about homelessness, meaning... You may want to just get it off the streets, and after that, you don't care. Or you may care desperately about making sure that everybody has every potential opportunity. Wherever you are on that spectrum, we got to get this thing solved, right? And the problem is that we have limitations as to what we can do in terms of temporary housing, shelters. There are different laws in different states that allow police officers, for example, to clear areas. Police officers here don't have quite the latitude that they might elsewhere. And then there are other states where police officers are, you know, and when I say police officers, I'm just talking about any official agency. I mean, a lot, sadly, is at the feet of law enforcement. But whatever your take on it, we are so invested in trying to cure this problem or at least put a dent in this problem and we don't seem to do anything but just pay into this homeless industrial complex. So many people getting fat off of this immense amount of money that we pour into this problem. And it's clearly uh, a problem that we need to address in different ways and with different strategies. I'm talking about building out a mental health care system and building out other temporary housing, more shelters. I mean, there's the care program, there's the home key program. And that's made, you know, I think they've made real strides. But still, if you drive up and down the streets of LA, you see way too much in the way of homeless encampments and tents and crazy. And there is a lot of crazy and a lot of drug abuse in those areas. So that has to be part of this problem. It's not just a housing price crisis is the point. There's a lot more going on than just that. So as we end this last year and look ahead to the next year, with new data showing that almost a third of the nation's homeless now live in California... I mean, we have to be inventive about these strategies, and we have to be aggressive about them, too. I mean, it, it, you are seeing communities destroyed by these immense homeless encampments. It cannot go on. When we come back, a population boom in 2023 and what it says about the future and nurses 
are now signing agreements that they have decided to not only break, but to sue to allow them to break. That and more as we continue. John Cobalt Show, Mark Thompson sitting in for John and KFI, AM640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John Cobalt on demand from KFI AM640. Mark Thompson here for John Cobalt. John's in on Tuesday. You can catch my little YouTube show. That's what I've become now, little uh, YouTube guy. Uh, it's called The Mark Thompson Show, and you can go there. You can subscribe, and it's free. And if you subscribe, it weirdly helps me in some way on down the road. I don't know. You, the more subscribers you have, et cetera. You never have to listen. Just keep listening right here to KFI AM640. But if you can throw out yourself on YouTube for a minute, you go, you subscribe to The Mark Thompson Show, boom, it's done. And then you never have to hear or see from me again. You just come back here to KFI. Okay. Uh I will tell you that the world population, which you knew was already, let's say, overflowing, it is growing. Grew by 75 million in this past year. And all of them are on the 405. The growth, though, that we're going to see in the next year will put us at more than 8 billion. Actually, as I look at these numbers, I'm just seeing world population grew by 75 million. I think we'll be at 8 billion by the weekend. Yeah, here it is, right. 8 billion people. So we grew by 75 million. That puts us at 8 billion, according to these figures released by the U.S. Census Bureau. The worldwide growth rate in the past year was just under 1%. At the start of 2024, every second brought 4.3 births and two deaths every second. The growth rate for the U.S. in the past year was less than a percentage point. In fact, it was half a percentage point. That's about half the worldwide figure. We had 1.7 million people added to our population. And uh, New Year's Day, we'll have 335.8 million people living in the U.S., if this current phase continues to the end of the decade, this may be the slowest growing decade in U.S. history. Yeah, the 2020s could be the slowest growing decade in our history. Less than 4% growth rate over that 10-year period. The slowest growing decade right now, I mean, as you look back over the decades before this, was the decade in the aftermath of the Great Depression. 1930s, it was a 7.3% growth rate. So in the new year, every second, uh, there will be one, oh, okay, one birth every nine seconds, one death every 9.5 seconds. That's a nice thing to, to focus on, isn't it? Yeah. Ah, somebody else just died. Yeah, it's, in any case, immigration is what keeps this population from dropping. So net international migration expected to add one person, it says here, to the U.S. every 28.3 seconds. So when you add it all together, the birth, the magic of birth, the sadness of death, and the reality of international migration, you put it all together, 
You get out the dry erase board, and the U.S. population will increase by one person every 25 seconds. Now, where does that leave us just as a species, and where does that leave the planet? I mean, again, with 7.8 billion people on the planet and the population on track to hit 10.8 billion, the resources are definitely going to be stressed. So there are more and more ways to try to attack that, right? Uh, and I'm actually hopeful that technology and some of the strategies that are associated with sustainability actually might now for the first time be getting some traction. And that even though we are stressing the limits of this place, there are more and more ways to lay down some kind of framework that might provide for all of these new people, all of these new mouths to feed. You know, one of the reasons you've got such tremendous explosion in population uh, is the mortality rate in a lot of places is down, right? I mean, infant mortality rate has decreased substantially, and that's because of technology. That's because of healthcare. And lifespans are increasing around the world, too, right? People are living longer, and that's because of technology. That's because of healthcare. So, and it's also because of, you know, underutilized con uh, contraception. There are a lot of families in particularly emerging economies, the developing world, as they call it, that have huge families that honestly probably shouldn't be that huge just in terms of the resources needed to support that family. And, uh, and sadly, in a lot of these places, women are not even allowed to go to school. So those are some of the realities. But there are going to be strains on a lot of resources, food, water, housing, energy, health care, transportation, all these things will require you know, tremendous efforts on the part of the developed world to try to bring everything back up to speed. And as I say, I'm optimistic. I mean, it's very possible that all of this could essentially be made sustainable, but it's going to take really the will of the world to do it. When we come back, there is a, there's an agreement that many nurses were forced to sign as they have taken on the nursing profession at various companies. And I include in-home care. And they've decided for a lot of reasons they don't want to either work at the company or uh, stay in this country or for any number of reasons they're dropping out of that nursing world. There are lawsuits now to force them to pay fines for the breaking of the agreement that they signed originally. It's called a stay or pay agreement. And there is, in a huge way, a court case to decide this. That and a new treatment for Alzheimer's that is bizarre, but maybe promising. We'll get into some of that as we continue. Yes, we will do the resolution thing. I promise. Mm. Yeah, we will. I mean, when you look at someone like Deborah Mark. Yeah. You think, oh, that's almost a perfect person. She can't. <laughs> 
She can't have any resolutions. Like, well, how is she going to improve on that? Oh, you're my best friend, Mark. I can't imagine oh. that you could even come up with anything that you want to improve upon or do Please. differently. Oh, no, I have a long list. Oh. Eric and Richie, on the other hand, they probably have, that's where you're going to find your long, oh, my gosh. All right, so, and I actually have a fairly long list as well. I'm, um, this is my major improvement year coming up. So I can't imagine you have anything to approve well, I mean, upon. I, thank you for returning the compliment. But the truth is, I have <laughs> a I have a lot to cut back on and increase. So uh, we'll get into that as well. It's the obligatory segment. You have to do it at the end of the year. You got to do a New Year's resolution thing. So we will. I mean, I would be I would be insulting the history of this great radio station not to at least include it. So there you are. We will do it. It's the John Cobalt Show. Mark Thompson sitting in on KFI AM 640. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for for complete terms. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Michael Rappaport, and my wife, Kibi Rappaport, starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to John Cobalt on demand from KFI AM640. I just got an email about, uh, is this a new, is this a regular thing? I wanted to know a regular schedule, went to the KFI website, are you going to be on? No, this is a, I am just a, I'm a fill-in, happy to be a fill-in. This is from Steffi. She writes at uh, 
my my email is the Mark Thompson Show at gmail.com. But and thank you for the email and very nice words. Um I'm you've got to know me. I'm very happy uh, kind of essentially lazy. This goes to my uh my resolutions. I got to turn down the L and lazy. Uh, but I'm this is a perfect schedule for me. Like once in a while coming into KFI is perfect for me. I don't think I could take the regular thing. So it's really fun to fill in for John and looking forward to hearing a lot of John in the new year right here in this uh, time period. So I mentioned that there is this bizarre agreement when you're a nurse, apparently, in certain configurations anyway, in certain setups and jobs. And there is a company that nurses are saying has forced them to pay thousands of dollars in fees after they sign training contracts. And they're calling for the U.S. and they're calling for the uh, Labor Relations Board to actually get involved in this because they're saying these agreements are illegal or should be illegal. They're calling for a watchdog review to examine the stay or pay training repayment agreement provisions. They are, essentially the setup is like this. They come on, they become nurses, they have to be trained, right? In whatever situation, configuration, whether it's uh, a care of a certain kind, the way they do things, administer things, all those things have to be done as training, right? So before the training starts, they stipulate that if a worker leaves the job before a specified time, they will owe fees. I mean, substantial fees. I'll tell you about the fees in a second. For leaving the job to reimburse the company for the time they spent training you as a nurse in that place. Everybody is a certified nurse, a registered nurse when they come to that facility that is qualified in the healthcare world. But when it comes to actually learning that specific place and those specific specific systems that has to be done in training nurses who work for this ohio-based communicare family of companies one of the largest providers of post-acute care in the country they say they've been subjected to buyout fees of thousands of dollars when they resign and they've been sued by their former employer for leaving the job Jedlyn Ramos, 30 years old from the Philippines, worked for four months at a Communicare-owned short-term and senior rehab facility. When she left the job, they hit her for fees of $15,555. After she paid the fee, she was sued for $100,000 more for quitting the job before the three-year term that she signed up for had expired. She said that when she started working, that there were many more patients than she was tasked to take care of when she agreed for the whole thing. She said, I was assigned to take care of at least 30 patients every shift. It was exhausting. I was burned out. I worked nonstop. I chose not to use my 30-minute break so I could finish my tasks for that shift. When she inquired to the company about why the lawsuit was filed and why, why this whole thing went down, they just turned a blind eye. So 
Ramos and other former nurses for this company filed unfair labor practice charges with the National Labor Relations Board, and they want the agency to review the training repayment agreement. I mean, is this legal? There are several advocacy groups that can take up her case and will take up her case because this is a an employment and contract agreement that is already controversial. It's called stay or pay. So if you agree to stay on a job, let's say for a couple of years, and for any number of reasons you leave it, they can force you to pay, as I've just told you, a lot of money. So nurses may be on the cutting edge of this. It may apply to other fields as well. But there's a lot of pressure, and there is chapter and verse on this. The lawsuits filed against the five nurses in this case and the countersuits against the company are still pending in court. So these nurses come here oftentimes from overseas, again, from the Philippines where there's a robust reservoir of those in the nursing field. And they come with the EB3 visas, you know. And so their immigration status um, doesn't get linked to the employer. So they, they, they can work elsewhere. So, if, you know, the situation is overwhelming. It's not what it was pitched as. They can go to another place, but not if they're going to get sued and not if they're going to get penalized. So that is something that I think will very much be relevant in the year ahead. Alzheimer's is the persistent area of healthcare and of medicine that we're always looking for some kind of breakthrough in. And this one is just one of those weird ones and you never know where the answers for what ails us may come uh, from where they may come. And, and this is a, I think an odd one at minimum odd. So they look, researchers do, at spiders and they look at the silk that spiders are spinning spider silk is made of proteins and it comes from a silk gland in the abdomen of the spider and there's several different types of this protein they store it as liquid and they use the spinning process to uh, build these webs. So researchers are looking at the way Alzheimer's and Parkinson's diseases interact with proteins that are involved in these diseases in several different ways and can assemble into tiny oil-like droplets in human cells. So droplets and fibers in that world of spiders are oddly paralleled, researchers are thinking, in this world of Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. So, again, as these nerve cells, um, neurons in the brain, begin to take on different shapes and buildups, the idea is that the brain, in this process anyway, is paralleling a bit of what's happening with the droplets and the different ways that you can have spider webs essentially also coagulate, you know, actually come together. So again, how do proteins from spiders act when they form droplets? That 
is what's involved in this research for Alzheimer's. And they they look at this mass spectrometry. They measure the weight of proteins and what when they change to form droplets. And they are seeing that the way that those proteins form may actually kick the door open to some answers about the way those proteins form fibers in the brain and affect Alzheimer's disease. Wild. I mean, really wild. First of all, who was the person who came up with that connection? Very impressive. They can take the rest of the day off. But if it could actually be the answer, wow. One of the huge stories of the last year was that Alzheimer's drug, right? There are two Alzheimer's drugs, one that shows modest improvement and one that showed almost no improvement but still got FDA approval, which tells you everything you need to know about the FDA or at least some of what you need to know about the FDA. But the real answers to Alzheimer's we don't have yet and the real treatment for it we don't have yet. So looking to the kingdom of spiders, hey, that may be, who knows, the most promising. When we come back, yes, we poll the staff for resolutions, and I will share mine as well. It's time to come up with a resolution. I mean, at least fake it, you know. It's the Cobalt Show. John returns on Tuesday. Mark Thompson sitting in on KFI AM 640. Live everywhere in the iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John Cobalt on demand from KFI AM 640. John back Tuesday. Mark Thompson sitting in. It's that time. The end of the last year, the beginning of the next year. Resolutions. And the thing about resolutions and the thing about uh, turning over a new leaf is it actually relates to a psychological phenomenon. That's right. It's called the fresh start effect. It's where you may assign like a day on the calendar, a birthday can oftentimes be the time, or in this case, New Year's, to begin uh, a new beginning. And it, you can be motivated by that, okay? Even though we know we could, you could change yourself or make a resolution to stop this or start that, whatever it might be, anytime. But the date on the calendar is sort of a crutch that we all use. And, you know, hey, a crutch helps you walk. There's nothing wrong with it. So uh, the conventional wisdom is that New Year's resolutions typically fail. So let's get right to it. What resolutions do you have and what resolutions do you think will actually endure and which ones do you think will fail? I will share mine. I'm uh, nothing if not uh, self-critical. So... Before I share them, before I poll our distinguished group here, my colleagues at KFI, I will tell you these tips to increase your chances of success. You cannot offer the resolutions without knowing the tips to improve your chances for success. These, comes from, these come from behavioral science experts. Set your New Year's resolutions at the right time. Uh... You don't want to set, let's say, uh, uh, a resolution involving uh, exercising 
if uh, you're already a heavy exerciser. Make an explicit plan for achieving your goal. Think ways through to eliminate potential obstacles. Choose a goal that you'll enjoy. The more likely to succeed is that goal if you pick something you like. Hmm. Subtract things from your life, like an activity you're no longer committed to, so you have room for new goals. Huh? Addition by subtraction. Huh? Very interesting. Forgive your failures, everybody. Let's face it. If you're setting tough goals, there will always be failure, says, again, this professor of behavioral science. The bottom line, New Year's resolutions are not doomed to fail if you do them the right way. So let's get into what the resolutions are. I'll go first if no one else wants to. But otherwise, I think Deborah Mark would go first. I feel, <sighs> I feel like you're a go-first kind of person. Me, me, me. Pick me. What's... Uh, what resolution could you possibly have? You know, I'm very sensitive. Truthfully, I'm very overly sensitive. I know you may find that hard to believe because I work with John Cobelt and, uh, <laughs> you know, teases me a lot. For whatever reason, that just doesn't bother me at all. No. But in my real life, I'm yeah. trying to not be so sensitive. I'm trying not to take things so personal. And and I've actually been trying that and uh, it's it's working for me. So that that's Now, when you say, say take things so personally, what, what what is that referring to? Okay, what, so where... if somebody sends me a text I see, yeah. or a message, an email. Okay. I may in my crazy mind construe it as something that it's not. Oh, right? I see. And I think because I'm just overly sensitive. So and things I, land as criticism to exactly. you. Exactly. Okay. Which okay. is which is silly. And I and I and then when I re-examine it, it, it's all in my own head because there was really no problem. So I'm trying to I'm trying to work on that a little bit more. I exercise all the time, so that's not it. Uh, I'm trying to eat less sugar, so that's going to be a, mm. a hard one. What is the sugar? delivery system in food that you like the most well as soon as i'm out of here i am going to go to a vegan bakery i'm not going to lie and i'm going to get some vegan pastries and i'm going to stuff my face until the new year and then that's when my new <laughs> resolution starts <laughs> i want to get that last a uh, carton of cigarettes down before i quit exactly. smoking i get it yeah, I have uh, uh, people completely under a misapprehension that when you go vegan, somehow you're not still plagued by sugar oh, and pasta. I mean, yeah. No, there, there's, I mean, you know, there are plenty of amazing oh. desserts to be eaten, and you cannot tell that they're vegan, and there's just a lot of sugar. You and, can tell uh, sometimes. Oh, maybe sometimes. <laughs> Eric, you're going to the wrong places. <laughs> <laughs> uh, drinking, by the way, is where there's a lot of sugar in alcohol, you know, and yes. uh, I find that that's one place that I pick up some weight. Eric, uh, any resolutions for the new year? Oh, Mark, I was dreading this question all day because I knew you were going to ask it mm. because I'm such a sourpuss when it comes to New Year's resolutions. <laughs> I think they're the dumbest thing in the world. No. I, so I don't think you need the new year to just say like, oh, I'm going to be a good person or I'm going to hit the gym. It's like, just just be a good person and hit the gym whenever you want. <laughs> you're like, right. You of don't course you're right year. about that. Yeah, you are. But I will say our conversation the other day this week sparked my New Year's resolution for this year, and that is to get global entry. Oh, I like it. That's right. If you missed it, I just came back from South America, and global entry is the thing you should particularly have if you're planning on traveling outside the United States. And when you come back to LAX and there is this massive people, I mean, more people than you ever even thought could be in one place at LAX, you walk right past them. 
And you go to Global Entry, you scan, they do a retinal scan, and they literally would call out, Eric, go ahead. They would literally call your name and just wave you. In my case, I'm Mark, go ahead, you're clear. Yeah, I was just in New York uh, for work, actually, working uh, their jingle ball out there. And coming home, I got to JFK later than I would have liked, and it was a madhouse. I had to wait almost two hours to get through security, and I almost missed my flight. Oh. So it was, it was, that was like the, the kick in the butt I needed to get global entry and TSA pre check. Yeah, that'll automatically include TSA pre. All right. Richie, how about you? Anything? I would say probably get more organized in general. And that could mean like just having more control of time management and making more time with friends. I feel like as I get older, everyone has a more schedule, like a more busier schedule. So it seems harder and harder. And there's been moments where this year alone, I, it's been like maybe two to three months that I haven't seen friends. Um, I was able to meet up with them over the holidays, which was great. But I would just say getting organized. That's one big one for me. I like that. I like that. That's hard, too, to be I know. honest. Trust me, I know. I mean, it seems to me like getting organized is something you do in little bits. Like you do kind of employ different strategies and you do it a little bit at a time. You know, that's how you do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I really need to start working out more. I really do. <laughs> I mean, you're I, and I knew you, Mark. I, you know, and people look at me and they think that I'm in good shape and maybe I am on the outside, but on the inside, I think I'm a, um, you know, it's a uh, it's a reconstruction project. You know, I mean, I I really I'm essentially um, lazy. I like a cocktail. I like some wine. And, you know, when you're doing that, you need to uh, and you can make an argument for, you know, you should get rid of that right away. But you, I, I think if you're doing that, I'm I'm I just feel as though I could be a particularly as you get older, a person in better shape. You know what I mean? I'm not in bad shape, but I'm I think. The thing that I could, and this goes to what we we're talking about, like the one resolution I feel like I could actually follow through on is getting in even better shape. And I feel as though if I can work out in the morning, it'll actually yes. get done. Yes. You know, that's my goal. I work out in the morning. Yeah. It's the too. only way to do it. Yeah. I get up at 530-ish. Wow. Yeah. It's a little wow. too early for me. I'll... I do. Oh my, my dogs God. wake me up, so then I'm up, and so then I just, I go, I work out, and I, I do What time thing. do you go to sleep if 530 is when you wake up? Um, You know, I, I'm usually going to sleep around 9 and 10. I yeah. go to sleep okay. early. No, that's good. I think those are healthy times to go to sleep. Uh, but I work out seven days a week. I mean, it's a priority to me. Not that I work out really, really hard, but I it's it's a priority. And so some if you sort make of physical it a, activity. Yeah. yeah. If you're doing it seven days a week, you seven don't need it week. to be really hard. You just need to, I mean, if you're showing up seven days a week, wow. Well, that's because terrific. I eat a lot of crap. Yeah. So well, I, a, I have to. <laughs> how do you eat a lot of crap, but you eat like bunny food? I Because I, as I said, I'm scooting <laughs> over to the uh, vegan bakery and uh, I don't just yeah. eat one cookie, my friend. Uh-huh. But they can make, you know, and it's not just bunny food anymore. Because as I say, they can, they, yeah, they'll make, you know, these delicious croissants. Yes. If you, or if you want uh, those Mexican wedding cookies, I love those. Oh or God. you can get them vegan. I mean, you can, there's, yes. there is nothing they can't make vegan. And, you know, even forget the desserts, but hummus, that, there's a lot oh, yeah. of calories That's in that. Right. And I eat a lot of that. Uh, a lot of calories. Yeah. Now, I, I think we're all mo most likely to follow through among this group. I think, I feel like Eric will do global entry. Yes. Yeah. I feel like uh, I have to do it. Yeah, maybe the squad leader. Yeah, yeah. I think that's actually going to happen. 
I'm 50-50 on actually getting up every day and working out. I'm maybe 60-40 could happen. Richie, I think, will make some positive changes toward organization. That's the goal. <laughs> yeah. And Deborah. Yeah. I don't I feel here's the thing. It's not that you don't want to, but I feel like your sensitivity is hardwired in now. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I think you're going to have trouble with that. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I'm on team Deborah. I'd like you to see you succeed. I just feel like you you may by yeah. now. It's just the way you think. Because I'm so old. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> see, you're still doing it. <laughs> Right there, you took I'm it personally. I'm hardwired, as you said, yes. All yes, right. Yes. Uh, those are your resolutions, and there they are, handicapped for possible success. Uh, Mark here for John on KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, you've been listening to the John Cobalt Show podcast. You can always hear the show live on KFI AM 640 from 1 to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday, and, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.